Anyone else new here that's not related to Tyler and Kristen? <laughs> Welcome, guys. <laughs> um, so, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, um, to call this a homily rather than a sermon, okay? Which to say, it is hopefully going to be fairly short, um, which may relieve some of you. Um, yeah, no, he has to stay longer after hours. Um, will you turn to uh, Colossians, please? Um, Colossians chapter 2. Um, we're going to start there in a moment. So, um, as Matt said, most of our students have left, and we, uh, we still got a few people in quarantine, and we, we, we kind of, um, there's this time for us to kind of take our breath um, after the, the chaos of term time. Many of us are professors as well, so we, we like having the break. Um, and over the last few months, God has been talking to us about his living water, he's been talking to us about abiding in him. And we've, we've started to think more and more about his spirit and what it means to be full of his spirit and what does it mean to encounter his spirit and what does it mean to um, really be sons and daughters of God, I guess. Um, Tyler and, and, and Chris and I were, were thinking and you know, talking about um, Liesl's baptism I'm throwing around a few dates, and obviously, you know, family was a part of that, and you know, when could we do this? And then they said, you know, well, you know, what about what is it, the 16th today, 16th of May? And I was like, wow, that's literally the worst weekend of the year. Um, it's graduation, it's the end of the semester and the academic year, and it's grading chaos, and I know I'm exhausted. And this seems like a really bad idea. Um, but, yeah, here we are. So there has to be a but. Um, but I just, I felt the Lord saying that he wanted this. And he, he wants this for Liesl in particular. But that also that, that this was a, a sign for us as a, as a church body, this baptism. And it's coming a week before Pentecost Sunday. And so as, um, I'm just, uh, I'm actually I'm stepping away a little bit, you might think, from the series that we've been doing, but actually I'm not. Um, because next Sunday, on, on, on Pentecost Sunday, we really are going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to be seeking God's Spirit um, as is befitting on Pentecost Sunday. Um, but today is a chance for us to truly reflect on our own baptism, on our own need for repentance, and what it means not just to, um, not just to kind of say sorry to God when we get something wrong, but what it means to truly have a heart of repentance. A heart that is that just desires more of God. Yes, we, we, we talk about rendering, uh, rending our hearts before the Father, being on our knees and weeping before Him for anything that would keep us apart from Him. And not because we are ashamed of our sin, 
but because it stops us accessing Him and knowing Him and experiencing Him. And so um, I'm going to read some scriptures and just say a few things about, about baptism um, that are about tonight and they're about Liesl, but they're about all of us and they're about next week. Okay. Uh, and for the kingdom lifers in the room, those will be back next week. Um, yeah, I, I, I encourage you to, to, to press into repentance this week. If God calls you to fast, fast. If He calls you to worship, worship. Whatever He calls you to, but be open to repentance this week. All right. So I'm just going to read a, a few s- scriptures. Um, Colossians 2, I'm going to read from verses 11 through to 13. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Tyler and, um, and Chris and I had a few conversations about, um, about baptism. I'm not going to go into a lengthy theological discussion of, of, of baptism and dedication. Um, suffice to say, this is the first baby we've baptized in, in Kingdom Life's history. Uh, we normally do dedications. Where I'm from, uh, in South Africa, um, I had never seen a baby dedication until I came to America. Every child got baptized. Um, and you know, my wife and I were, were talking about this and, and just saying how it's curious. It's curious that the father who set up the law of Moses and dictated so much of how the Jews were supposed to live, when it came to the New Testament, there are just so many things he doesn't actually lay out absolutely clearly. And so you have these amazing theologians who disagree about some pretty important things. Um, but there are a lot of things that he, leads, he leaves to us and he, and he, he leaves to our spirit. Um, and Tyler and Kristen are a couple who absolutely love God and they love the Word of God. Um, and we had conversations and they obviously had conversations between the two of them. Um, both my children were baptized when they were young as is the tradition in South Africa and in England, where we're from. Um, but it was fascinating, you know, looking through Scripture and just seeing the way, obviously, that the Lord responds to children, the way He delights in children, the way He blesses children. The way Scripture says, when the Holy Spirit, um, you know, take um, Cornelius, for example, in, in Acts, the Holy Spirit came, and, and all the Scripture tells us is that every person in the household was filled with the Spirit, and the whole household was baptized. They don't tell us, well, everyone over the age of 14, or all the non-slaves, or all, you know, the whole household was baptized. Um, and first by the Spirit, and then by water. Um, but you know, this obviously, as, this is something that's, that's not usual at Kingdom Life, so obviously as uh, um, Tyler's on my staff, and I obviously respect him, um, but, I, but I took this to Jesus in prayer, obviously. Um, and I asked him, you know, Lord, what do you think and I, about this? And I, I thought he might give me some scripture. I thought he might give me something really sort of profound. Um, but just for the two of you, um, I, just, I just saw a, a picture of Jesus dancing. 
with absolute delight over, over this daughter being offered to the father in baptism. So I don't doubt that he's happy tonight. Okay. If anyone has theological issues, you can discuss those with Bill later. Okay. So um, <laughs> let's turn to um, Romans 6. Um, you'll know that these are some of the really um, most wonderful scriptures about baptism. I'm going to read a few more verses here from Romans 6, verses 3 through to uh, 14. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the scripture for Lisa, but I'm reading it for all of us, okay? Remember your baptism. Remember what it's for. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For we, sorry, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. We are not under law, we are now under grace. Um... You guys might be getting tired of me quoting Andrew Murray, um, but I, I continue to read his books. So here goes. Um, not a direct quote, but um, he, he has this wonderful illustration of, of God creating us you know, and placing us in, in the garden and placing our, a spirit and a soul inside of us that has our personality and has our character and has this ability to be bound to the spirit of God. But then obviously at the fall in the Garden of Eden, we turn to the flesh and we turn to our will and we turn to sin. And he talks about our, our spirit and our soul becoming captive to the flesh before Christ. But then when Christ comes and Christ dies and Christ rises again and Christ fills us with his spirit, it's that moment where this, our spirit and our soul is again able to turn towards the spirit and the spirit inside of us is no longer captive, but the flesh is now captive to the will and the power of God. That's the incredible thing about baptism, obviously, is that it is our death. It's a symbol of our death with Jesus and our resurrection with him. 
But there are two baptisms. There's the baptism of water and there's the baptism of the Spirit. Turn with me to um, the first chapter of John. Now we know Jesus was sinless. That when he decided to be baptized, it was to fulfill all righteousness, even though he was righteous. He was obedient to the Father. But we know too that when he was baptized, he was filled with the Spirit. That there was something that Jesus needed beyond himself, beyond even the wonderful connection he had with the Father. There was something more that he had to have, and that was the Spirit of God. That was the second baptism. So let's read from John 1, uh, verse, where should we start? The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel, therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. It's funny how you read scripture so often and, and, and there's some things you just don't pick up. Um, you know, I, I always, when I read this, when I read the scripture, I, I, I always focused on Jesus and the fact that the Spirit of God descended onto Jesus. Um, and so often have missed the fact. Now we look at John the Baptist and we know that John was the, the voice in the wilderness, the one that was preparing the way for Jesus. We know that he was the one who went out and preached repentance, repentance of sin. This incredible ministry. But I love these words of John where he's essentially saying, you know, I was told to baptize because by baptizing I would reveal the Savior. And I would know who it was because the Spirit of God would descend upon him. That despite everything that Jesus was, everything that he might have done up till that time, he was still Jesus, the man. And it was the baptism of water that led to this baptism of the Spirit and this anointing of him and revelation of him as Messiah. And as we look, afo- as we look forward to, to next week, as we look forward to Pentecost, um, <laughs> obviously, if Jesus needed the Spirit of God to fulfill the ministry of God, then we should expect the same, shouldn't we? You know, Jonathan, you're amazing. You know, you're a great guy. You know, God made you wonderfully. Um, but you still need the Spirit to actually advance the kingdom of God. Just being happy, you know, you're a great guy, you're happy and everything else. But you need the Spirit of God, don't you? To advance the kingdom. We can't rely on our human strengths 
if not even Jesus could. And we know that Jesus was filled with the Spirit and then he was tempted in the wilderness. And after that, his ministry started. Miracles started. So as we think about Pentecost next week, let's, let's, um, let's get expectant. All right, let's get expectant. And let's, let's start to dream of more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay, remember, baptism of the Spirit is not a once-off. All right, Paul makes that clear. That baptism is to be renewed, regenerated, advanced, whichever word you want to use. There's always more of the Lord for us to experience. And I, I, this, you know, this might just be a peculiar American thing, so forgive me, but it, it, it is so often the case that I, that I talk to people and, they, and I ask them, you know, have you been filled with the Spirit? And they say, yes, I gave my life to Jesus. Um, and those two things don't necessarily go together. But clearly, the, 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 the clear indications of Scripture that when people are baptized, you know, Peter says, be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit, that the two things are deeply linked. Okay, but they're not always linked in that same way. Okay, and again, the, Cornelius is the wonderful example where the Spirit comes, and then Peter says, well, okay, if the Holy Spirit has accepted you, then who are we not to baptize you with water? And then they were baptized. But obviously, the disciples were baptized, and then they met the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And then in Acts 4, the Holy Spirit comes again and shakes the room. Again, the Holy Spirit comes. That he's able to keep renewing us. So, you know, as we, as we think about the baptism of, of, of water, um, you know, our, our, our dying with Jesus and our rising again, that we are, that the, the defilement of our sin is removed. That our shame is removed. That those things that separate us from God are removed. But there's something about the Spirit and the battle of the Spirit that is about renewing this, the, the divine fellowship that God planned for us. That we become His sons and His daughters by the Spirit. That He takes us deeper. And my prayer is over this next week that we will get excited about more of that divine fellowship with the Father and with Jesus. That same spirit that settled on Jesus that led to his incredible ministry that defeated death is the same spirit that we expect to fall on us and anoint us and baptize us. Okay, Matt. So get excited. All right, he's going to get excited. Okay. <laughs>